Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching, tapping into our best life. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Cassida for Talk and Pray, and it took me a while to settle into myself. Do you know the feeling? Capable, ambitious, but wanting more? More impact, more success, more satisfaction? Me too. I've been a mompreneur and now maturepreneur. How do you like that term? (laughs) And I have a lifetime of experience, work, family, love, and loss that combined with the truth of scripture have taught me valuable lessons. I have a passion to share that wisdom with women of faith who want more. Welcome to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. Speak more gently, please. My daughter was on staff at a large church for a time, and I stopped in her office one day to see about lunch and talk with her about an upcoming event. While I was there, the church's care pastor ducked into the office and asked if I could help him with something. He said a woman who was struggling had asked for someone who could sit with her and help her figure out what to do next. I agreed to talk with her, and he set up the appointment. As I walked into the lady's office, I could tell she was ready to burst into tears. Overcome with shame and embarrassment, feeling awkward about her situation, she said she didn't know even where to begin. I patted her on the hand and gently asked, Hey, what's going on with you? You can't say anything that will shock me or make me think less of you. And she began to share what was stressing her out. Will you help me? she asked. I'm in real trouble. Her part-time real estate business had hit a dry spot, and she was between paychecks and her part-time traditional job, and she confided that she didn't think she could pay her rent this month and that she'd likely lose her car. She was several months behind in payments. I don't know what I'm going to do, she said. She needed her car to travel to her listings, and losing it would not only affect her ability to get another vehicle in the long run, it would also hinder her ability to earn enough money to pay for groceries this week, never mind the payments and debts that were in arrears. She said she was living on peanut butter and crackers, and she hadn't opened a single piece of mail in three or four months. She was too scared. So I popped the magic question. My dad loved to tell what I call magic question jokes. He'd spin a yarn and leave you hanging and then ask the magic question with some ridiculous pun or groan-worthy answer. His favorite magic question joke ended with, Do you know what I believe? Even though I've rolled my eyes hundreds of times after hearing Dad's magic question stories, I didn't realize what a valuable question his favorite was. Do you know what I believe? how that question could clarify thoughts and feelings, how it could open doors in minds and hearts. Simply, do you know what I believe? It's the ultimate question of faith, isn't it? What do you believe about life, about struggles, about eternity, about our ability to strive and survive and thrive? It's also a time-out kind of question, like, whoa, Nellie, what do I really believe about this situation? What is truth? What is speculation? What is real and what is fantasy? What is possible? What is impossible? What can I do? What do I believe will make a difference? And looking at the hopelessness in this sweet lady's face, I asked that magic question, do you know what I believe? I believe, I said, 
that it won't be as bad as you think, and if it is, we'll figure out your best next step together. She sighed and nodded, and as we went into her office, she pulled up a 30-gallon trash bag full of mail. We dumped the pile of sales circulars, junk mail, newspapers, magazines, coupons, and unopened bills onto the desk and started sorting, opening, discarding, and listing what she owed and to whom, only keeping the most recent statements. As we tallied her debts, matter-of-factly, without judgment or criticism, I noticed a calm come over her. The final number might be bad, but she was feeling more in control. When we got to the bottom of the pile, we discovered that to get current, she'd need a couple thousand dollars. I talked her through what she had that could be used or sold to help her get current. It turned out that when she checked her statements, she had half what she needed in her savings account, and the remainder would come with her next couple of paychecks. She could continue working her part-time job and her real estate business, and when her next commission check came, it would give her the cushion she needed to stay current. She burst into tears. I can keep my car. She had no idea how bad or good it was until she faced the problem, and having someone bear the burden with her gave her the power and hope to move forward. In Galatians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in any transgression, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Verse 2 continues, Carry each other's burdens. As my pastor read the scriptures this Sunday morning, I remembered my sweet lady friend who just needed someone to gently help her face her problem and get her back on track. Her financial mess wasn't sin, but it was a burden that she needed help carrying, and the gentle words and encouragement restored her faith and gave her grace, peace, and courage to take the next required steps. As I thought about her, I realized that my gentleness with her is also something I need for myself from myself. The reason I could be gentle with her was because I had been where she was. I'd been in debt. I've worried that my lack of self-discipline would cost my family needed resources. I've made mistakes in other areas of my life, and I certainly have been less than perfect in more ways than one. But when I've asked the magic question to myself, do you know what I believe? My answers are not gentle. They are ruthless and mean. I believe you are an idiot. How could you be so thoughtless, so selfish, so stupid? I can't believe you messed up again. What were you thinking? When will you ever learn? In business, when I've missed goals or not reached the milestone I think I should have by now, my magic question answers are full of limiting beliefs and all the reasons I'm a failure in character and in action. My answers are not gentle, but condemning. My answers attack me at my core. They're not just about what I've done, but about my identity, who I am in my worst moments. I would never talk to my sweet friend the way I talk to myself. I've come to believe that limiting beliefs, all the I am nots, you know the ones. I'm not good enough, young enough, old enough, pretty enough, smart enough, wise enough, fit enough, thin enough, and so on. And all the negative I ams, I'm an idiot, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I am weak, are condemnation designed to belittle us and create a crisis of confidence and belief, not just in ourselves, 
but in God who created us and imbued us with his spirit and his power. Condemnation always leaves me hopeless. Limiting beliefs are always no and you can't. By contrast, the Holy Spirit's gentle correction always gives me solutions and hope. He whispers, yes, and we can. I've never been a fan of the you are enough rhetoric because left to my own devices, I'm naturally self-destructive. I think it's part of the human condition. In the garden, Eve had the best of everything available to her, and still she chose to take the one thing that would bring her death. But in Christ, I have the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. In Christ, there is no condemnation, Romans 8.1. All the resources of heaven are available to me. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, 2 Corinthians 1.20. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, 2 Peter 1.3. My enough is found in Jesus. So when I am overtaken with a fault, as King James translates Galatians 6.1, I wonder if my recovery and my outcomes would be better if I spoke to myself gently the way I spoke to my struggling friend, the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me. How would I answer the magic question for myself? Do you know what I believe? I believe you've been less than consistent in your business this week. But God's grace is sufficient for your weakness. Let's try again, leaning on Him for strength. I believe your words were less than kind, but a sincere apology will restore the relationship, and Jesus will be blessed by your humility and care. I believe you chose poorly, but if you learn from this misstep, you'll do better next time, and God can use your wisdom to help others. I believe if I learn to be faithful in little things, God will give me more. I believe this failure is an event. It is not who I am. I am a daughter of the Most High God. Galatians 6 continues with the law of sowing and reaping. If I'm sowing hatefulness and bitterness and condemnation in my own soil, the law of sowing and reaping means that it will produce fruit somewhere and probably in my relationship with others personally and professionally. But if I deal with myself gently and in humility course correct and move forward, those seeds will produce a fruit of kindness and gentleness. Against such, Galatians 5 says, there is no law. To cultivate the fruit of the Spirit not only in me, but for me, by me, that is abiding in the love of Jesus. And oh, how that love can then overflow toward others. How are you speaking to yourself when you are less than perfect? Does your self-talk reflect how Jesus would speak to you? How you would speak to someone you love? Jesus' gentleness is available to us for others and for ourselves. How humbling to think that my words to me can be like Jesus's, And how beautiful it will be when that gentleness overflows in kindness to others. Our words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let us speak life to others and let us speak life to ourselves. More gentleness, less condemnation. More love, less hate. More blessings, less curses. Do you know what I believe? 
I believe God is doing a work in you, and you are an in-progress masterpiece created for good work that God prepared in advance for you to do. Speak to yourself and others accordingly as Jesus would speak to you. Father, you never speak hatefully to me. Your words are not harsh. Let my speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Cultivate in me gentleness for others and for myself. When I speak condemnation on myself or others, remind me of your unfailing love. When I beat myself up for errors or sin or failures, remind me that I am created in your image. And when I insult myself, I also insult you. Teach me to listen for the instruction and hope the Holy Spirit has for me and to obey in humility and gratitude when he gently corrects me. My life and business are yours. Help me treat them royally as you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. To learn more about the podcast and to get today's transcript, notes, and other content, go to talkandpray.us slash podcast. Join me every Tuesday for more Talk and Pray. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave a positive review if you'd like to hear more content like this. This Talk and Pray podcast is sponsored by Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching. Music is In the Field by Audionautics.com. Look for Talk and Pray on Facebook and Instagram.